All right, and we are rolling. Uh, so welcome. I'm your host, Luka Todorovic, and this is Let's Chat Life. Uh, so the rundown of this podcast is, this is a pilot episode, so the rundown of this is going to be that the topic is just life. Just like it says, it's Let's Chat Life. We're just going to basically be talking about different aspects of my life, others' lives, current events that don't go political, uh, essentially, and everything. And I thought, why don't I go a little personal with the first episode and talk about something that I am passionate about, uh, and that is storm chasing. So stay tuned, sit back, relax, grab yourself a snack, and listen to this freaking nerd talk about the weather for 30 minutes. <laughs> All right. So let me talk about first a bit about my experience with storm chasing. So I'm about 15 years old right now, and I have been doing storm chasing for, I think this is my fourth or fifth year, and uh, I've just had the best time with it I can, because this is something that I've always been passionate about, is the weather, and particularly storms. Uh, I have gone on about 34 chases, uh, and I am a certified Skywarn observer, observer, which is essentially the closest thing to professional storm chasing license you can get. There is no official storm chasing license that you can get. So for a lot of people, that training is what is considered the quote unquote license. So the first chase that I honestly would like to talk about is my most recent chase that I had, uh, which, well, that was significant because obviously 2020 coronavirus happened and uh, that I'm going to take you back to June 1st, 2019. This day was pretty cool for me, actually. Uh, pretty cool in a sense, but also kind of dangerous. So what happened is I live in southeast Michigan. If you know anything about Michigan weather, you know we do not get tornadoes. We get thunderstorms. We get snow. Way too much of that. But no tornadoes, really. So I'm here chasing a storm. Uh, and I made probably the biggest mistake you can make as a storm chaser, and that's underestimating the storm. I just remember we had a slight risk that day, or slight or moderate risk, not moderate, uh, enhanced, and I decided I want to go chase the storm. So I went to a post that I have uh, just north of my house, like about a mile north of my house, and I set up film and uh, got my anemometer out. Uh, soon I got my phone blaring at me that there was a flash flood watch, a severe thunderstorm watch, and a tornado advisory. And that's when I knew, uh, things might go down. And the storm was approaching pretty quickly, actually. I remember seeing it on radar approaching at like 40, 50 miles an hour, and it was this big, burly storm too, but it was also slowing down a bit, meaning it could stall, which is why there was the flash flood warning, a watch. And I remember thinking all right, this is going to be a cool storm, but I might as well take cover. So I got into an open face cover, like under a pavilion. And I remember not even five minutes after setting up, my phone went blaring off again. This time to tell me there's a severe thunderstorm warning. That's when I knew, uh-oh, I'm in trouble because I was not prepared for a severe thunderstorm. And it was saying there was a possibility of hail, sustained winds of upwards of 60 miles an hour. This was a strong storm coming in. Uh, I was definitely, definitely, how do I say this? Uh, worried, but not too worried. Uh, anxious, that's the word. I was a little anxious. 
uh, I had my bike. I didn't have a car because I was 14. Yeah, 14. I'm trying to do the math in my head. It's a year. That just tells you how tired I am right now. But uh, <laughs> so I set up camp. I'm in camp uh, post at uh, storm ch at the pavilion. And I remember all of a sudden looking to the west and seeing the storm clouds just roll in. Like, it was scary. There was a huge anvil, uh, which is, for those of you who aren't weather nerds, a storm. And you could tell it was, too. This was a pretty powerful storm. And you could hear the thunder rolling inside the storm. And that's when I realized I messed up. <laughs> I made a really bad decision. Uh, you could see the rain shaft inside the storm. And I just remember feeling uh, excited, anxious, and wondering if I made a mistake. Uh, and as I'm thinking and contemplating it myself, I realize something, uh, I'm going to have to wait out the storm because it's too close to go biking through the storm back to my house. It's too late to retreat. Uh, and the storm was rapidly getting strength. So with that being said, I decided, you know what, I'm just going to sit it out and I'm just going to hope for the best. 30 seconds after I think that, and I start filming, I get hit by a wind gust of over 60 miles per hour. I wasn't, I didn't get the exact measurement of that wind gust, but I just remember getting blasted with sand. There was sand nearby and just getting blasted in the face with it. <laughs> and the storm clouds weren't even over top of me. They were still like about, I want to say 200 yards away from me. And that's when I realized I'm in a bit of trouble. <laughs> like <laughs> this is very dangerous. And as someone who doesn't have any real shelter, I shouldn't be here. <laughs> so I remember when the storm came over and all hell broke loose. Uh, sustained winds were like at 40, 50 miles an hour easily. And I just remember, thankfully, I was able to stay on the east side of the, of the pavilion. The winds were coming from the west. So I had like some kind of a wall between me. I like how I'm motioning to the invisible camera that there is a wall. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, I, there was like kind of a structure between me and the wind. So I just had to stay closer to the wall area. So that way, like no wind bend around and tried to like blow me over. Uh, and I remember all of a sudden lightning strike after lightning strike after lightning strike. Nothing was really connecting with the ground, but it was all overhead and it was extremely loud, extremely fast, extremely violent. And then a huge wind gust, even bigger than the first one came. And my anemometer managed to pick it up. It hit 94 miles per hour. And that's when I realized I should have stayed home. Uh, to keep a long story short, uh, the pavilion did have like a little bathroom thing. I had to hide in there. As I got in, power got knocked out. And floodwater started rising in there. Because the pavilion was in kind of like a little ditch type thing. I don't know exactly what to do with this. Uh, but so what's going on with that, essentially, is uh, I was hiding, power out, water started rising. Great. It was me, my bike, my flashlight, my phone, recording, uh, and water started coming in. So I remembered I would have to set the storm out, and I remembered the storm might stall. That's when I realized, uh-oh, I could be trapped here. Thankfully, the storm didn't stall. It traveled, like, across the border to Canada before it stalled. And, like, I just remember 
breathing a huge sigh of relief, so I managed to get out of the, uh, the bathroom area that I was hiding in, uh, and I managed to escape home. And it was a pretty powerful storm. There were definitely, like, some down trees. I remember seeing a tree that was almost split in half. Uh, it was really cool, the, the storm, but at the same time, pretty scary. Uh, another one that I just want to talk about for a fun story, because I know one of my friends might be listening to the podcast who was part of this story. Shout out to Jacob. Uh, you know exactly who you are and what I'm about to talk about with the storm chase. Uh... This was a storm chase that lasted through midnight because it was a midnight chase. So June 18th to June 19th, 2018, Penn State. Jacob already knows what I'm about to talk about if he's listening to this. And if he doesn't, I'm going to look like a complete idiot. But anyway, I'm going to talk about it. Uh, all I'm going to say is just imagine a bunch of 13, 14, 15, 16 year olds and a few college kids going absolutely nuts over some lightning and rain. There was a tornado watch. I will say that there was a tornado watch and we were trapped outside, which was a really stupid idea that we were there in hindsight, which is always 2020, whatever. But uh, that moment is infamous for one huge inside joke between me and my friends that I still get made fun of for today. Uh, and that is the Birdman incident. Uh, I have a few people that are listening live. This is a fun story. So, right after I uh, started recording, I still can't find the video. I'm trying to find the video. I've been trying for two years now. I started recording, and uh, it was me and Jacob. We were just fooling around. Everybody else was under, like, a roof, and Jacob and I were just in the rain for no reason. Uh, and he started... He put, like, his hands close to his chest and started flapping like he was a bird for no reason. And I started joking around that he was Birdman. However, I made the dumb mistake to turn my head, like, to look behind me for, like, three seconds and, like, talk to the group. He charged at me a little bit. I turned back around. He's, like, all of a sudden, like, five feet in front of me. He was, like, he was originally, like, 30 feet in front of me. He's all of a sudden, like, five feet in front of me. And I let out this girly-ass scream. I was like, ah! <laughs> just, like, just add, like, an octave to that. And I just remember all of a sudden everybody, including me, just dying laughing. But I still get made fun of for that scream to this day. Thought I'd just throw a little uh, story in there just, like, not to bore everybody. And if you didn't find that funny, I know Jacob will. If you didn't find that funny, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so that's a bit of my experience with storm chasing. And I kind of want to talk about current events with, like, severe weather and stuff. First current event, which is probably the most prominent with storm chasers right now, is the EF5 tornado drought. Now, to those of you who don't know what that means, let me break it down for you. There is a scale created by Dr. Fujita. Uh, I'm not sure if it's doctor or professor. I'm pretty sure it's doctor. But he was a doctor in meteorology or professor in meteorology. Don't know. Whatever. He had a degree in meteorology. That's all you need to know. Uh, and he created a scale that rated tornadoes based off of their strength. Originally, it was called the Fujita scale, the F scale. Uh, and it was used off of wind speed. But then it became the enhanced Fujita scale, which it became based off of damage. And so there's EF0, which basically is minimal damage. EF1, which is like uh, 
half-destroyed trailers and like holes and roofs. EF2, which is roofs being ripped off. EF3s means uh, pretty significant damage. EF4 is houses are flattened. And EF5 means houses are completely removed off their foundations, essentially. Uh, and the last time we have had an EF5, like an official rated EF5 tornado, was in 2013, May 20th, the Moore, Oklahoma tornado, which is one of the most infamous tornadoes of all time, coincidentally. We've had two close encounters, one in May 31st, 2013, which if anyone else is a storm chaser or a meteorologist knows how tragic that day was for several reasons, uh, because of the fact that it was one of the most violent, if not the most violent tornado of all time to ne not be ranked EF5. And then also we lost a legend and became the only professional storm chasers to die in the tornadoes. Rest in peace to Tim Samaras. Uh, and then also in 2016 in Kansas, there was another close incident where it was almost an EF5. But right now, as of the time recording this, it is October 25th, 2020, and we still have not seen another EF5. Now on average, an EF5 happens every one to two years. And at the start of the decade, we had quite a few. Mainly because 2011 had an insane amount. Like, it was unbelievable. 2011 is one of the most infamous years in meteorology history. 2012, I think, had a few EF5s. I'm not sure about 2010. 2013, though, was the last time we saw this. And we haven't seen anything since. And we've been wondering what the heck is going on. Uh, we're not too sure, to be quite frank. We don't know if it's maybe just bad luck or if, like, it's just... We don't understand what's really going on. It could be... There's a few theories of to what it is. First thing and most prominent theory is just... It's just a drought. And that we've just gotten lucky. Let's hope that is... I don't know how to say if we should hope that's the answer or not. Uh, which I will talk about why right now. Uh, the second reason why we think it is, is because we've gotten stronger, uh, infrastructure and building infrastructure. Cause as I previously mentioned, the EF scale, the enhanced Fujita scale is completely based off of the damage of the foundation. So houses haven't really been torn off their foundations like they used to because the foundations have gotten stronger. So we're not really seeing as much EF5 damage. Because if it was raced, rated based off of the original F scale, the Fujita scale, there would have been at least, I want to say, another 5 to 10 EF5 tornadoes from the period of 2014 to 2020. And there would have been a lot more. So let's hope it's the second option. But those are definitely the two most relevant theories of why we have had this massive EF5 drought. But that's something I wanted to touch on. Another huge event is this 2020 hurricane season, actually. And all I can say is, if this is an omen for the 2020s decade, it's going to suck. Because obviously we've had COVID-19 happen, and we've had uh, some tragic deaths, including Kobe Bryant. Uh, we've had... A lot of just everything going to crap. We've had World War III. We've had the country divide. We've had a lot of stuff. However, what is not talked about enough is this hurricane season, which it's not even over. We're still in the peak of it. And we've already seen a record number of hurricanes and named storms and stuff. We are in Greek letters. That's only been achieved once or twice before. 
And all I can say is, please let this be an anomaly. We came in here with saying maybe we could see somewhere between 10 to 15 storms. Then in February, we saw, let's up that up to maybe 17. Then by April, it's 19. May, 21. That's a ridiculous number. We've never really seen 20 storms in a season. We are right now on the Greek letter Ellipson. We have never gotten this far in the names before. And all I can think is... 2020 sucks. <laughs> Let's be honest. Let's hope it gets better. Let's hope it gets better. Uh, because if it doesn't get better and we have to look back on 2020 as a good year... I honestly don't know what I'm going to do with myself. <laughs> it's kind of sucked for me. I have not had an easy time with 2020. Obviously, COVID-19 cut off my storm chase season, which sucked because the first, the peak of the first wave was in April, and that's the prime storm chase season. Like, if you were to have a steak, that's when you would want to eat it. Uh, Yeah, I just went Kevin Hart right there. But yeah. Thankfully, there haven't been too many really, like, powerful and bad hurricanes, which this is a perfect segue into my next topic, which there is one exception of a hurricane that's been pretty bad, and that was Hurricane Laura, a Category 4 hurricane that affected Texas and West Louisiana region, specifically uh, Lake Charles, Louisiana, was where it was most impacted. Uh... So what happened with Hurricane Laura was it was originally a weaker tropical storm or uh, then it striked it up to be a hurricane. There wasn't too much hype around it at first, but then we reevaluated it and realized, holy crap, this, this could grow to be something big. And it did. It grew to be a Category 4 hurricane. And it absolutely wreaked havoc on Lake Charles area. And looking back at that, I just remember it was in September too, which there was already stuff going on around back then. And that only made the coming of the second wave, I think, personally worse, like second wave of COVID-19. Because now in a state that was, Louisiana was apparently doing relatively well with COVID cases. Like they were up there with Michigan for like the biggest declines, like Michigan and Vermont, uh, which I was very surprised by. But uh, I'm not going to get into why. But I feel like that was when it was like that destroyed all of the how do I what's the right word that destroyed all the stability with uh, COVID testing and everything and also destroyed the uh, COVID uh, crap trying to think of the word social distancing. That's the word. It kind of screwed it all up. Hurricane Laura. I personally think because of the shelters that had to be placed up and everything and all the damages and hurricanes are already cesspools for diseases as it's been historically shown. It's one of the quiet killers because it infects water. If you look at hurricanes that happen in like Bangladesh, for example, a quiet killer is disease always like cholera, for example. That's always been a quiet killer when it comes to hurricanes, cyclones, typhoons, even tornadoes. Uh... So that is something that I did want to touch base on with the Hurricane Laura incident that happened. And last current event that I want to talk about, like with meteorology, is definitely the California wildfires. 
Now, I don't care about politics, really. Like, I don't care left-wing, right-wing, moderate. I don't really care, if I'm being 100% honest. I have my own opinions, but when it comes to politics, I just don't care. However, something that needs to be addressed is the serious issue with climate change. 97% of scientists agree climate change is real, and the vast majority of the 97% agree that it's man-made. Like, come on, the science is crystal clear. And if you still deny it, what's wrong with you? Like, open your mind and just accept we need to change. But anyway, with the California wildfires, just last night, I learned that we hit a new milestone. We have recorded the single largest wildfire in American history in California. It's burned well over 5,000 acres. That's crazy. To put that in perspective, that's 5,000 baseball fields, 5,000 Comerica parks that were of land that are burnt, of forests that we no longer have. And that's just unbelievable to think. That's bigger than the city of Los Angeles and New York. I'm pretty sure. I Somebody needs to fact check me on the math. But that that's just... All I can think is, how aren't we doing anything? We're not doing enough. And to if you can, I know I might be... I'm probably going to be donating. Please donate to the wildfire... Uh, just anything you can, any wildfire relief, like, cause California is really going to need it after this because of the droughts and everything that's been happening. It's historically bad. The fact that I have to say that 5,000 acres have been burnt by one fire is unbelievable. This is the largest fire in American history. This is bigger than the Chicago fire. To put that in perspective, the Chicago fire burnt down a third of Chicago. That's unbelievable. So, with that being said, I honestly really think that we just need to, like, band together. Personally, I think we need to band together and just do more for this and do more to try and change. And that's all I have to say about the current events with the weather. And I think I had some question and answer uh, about, actually, my storm chasing and my weather stuff that I looked at. I had some Q&A. I know I have a live stream for this podcast right now. Uh, if anybody wants to ask questions, you are free to do so. Just addressing that to my Instagram followers real quick that I am live streaming this through. Uh, anyway, I remember the first question, probably the most relevant question is, is it safe? To an extent, no. It's definitely not a safe hobby. Like, If you are careful about it, you can make it as safe as possible. But it's really, it's a dangerous hobby. It's essentially like playing rugby kind of danger. Whereas if you're being careful, you'll be fine. However, there is a risk of death. And I know there's a lot of people in the media talking about like, oh, storm chasers died and they're stupid Oklahomans. Those are amateur people that have a camera and that's it. And are going headfirst into a tornado with little to no training. The only time we've ever had actual professional storm chasers die was the freak incident that happened in 2013 previously mentioned again rest in peace to tim samaras and the twist x team that was an absolute freak accident if you look up how it happened it's actually kind of tragic and scary to think about like just how crazy it was so is it safe only if you make it if you do a lot of training a lot of research 
and a lot of looking into the scenario and preparing for every plan you can have, that is essentially the best way to ensure your safety. But definitely don't go blindly into a storm with a camera. Like, look on the radar. Download some radar apps. Learn how to read radars. Learn how to read graphs. Learn how to read percentages and GFS models if you're going to go storm chasing. Uh, another question that I got is, why am I into storm chasing? I might as well just address why I'm into the weather in general, because this is a fun story. <laughs> this is a really fun story. Uh, so, fun fact about me, I am not from Michigan originally. I was originally born in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, and I remember being, I was about two years old, two or three at the time, and seeing fog for the first time. Now, I had no clue what it was. I just remember not being able to see anything. And my parents told me what it was. And they told me it was fog. And they explained that we were inside a cloud. A two-year-old me was just amazed. Like, obviously now I'm just like, it's fog. What's the big deal? But two-year-old me was just amazed by the fact that I'm like, wait, we're in a cloud? What? I was unbelievably interested, intrigued in every manner of the word. Couldn't stop talking about it. And I was told it's foggy and rainy. Two-year-olds, fun fact, cannot properly pronounce words. You probably already know where I'm going with this. Oh boy. I had my favorite teacher. Her name was Miss Natasha. Uh, I was going to school that day. That's why. Uh, I remember running up to her, excited, two-year-old me, running up ecstatic to tell her it's effing raining outside. And I remember my dad, this is the way my dad described it because he dropped me off. She turned pale, like straight pale. And like, what did you say? <laughs> And I swear, I just remember he, he tells me the story. He's like, he comes in panicking, foggy and rainy, foggy and rainy, foggy and rainy, foggy and rainy. Like, he can't pronounce English. Luca, don't say this. <laughs> so that's kind of the joke that I cursed my way into meteorology, uh, literally cursing my way, cussing my way into meteorology, so to speak. Uh, and now whenever it's foggy, that is exactly what I say. I say, F, it's foggy. <laughs> I'm trying not to swear on my podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, so that's essentially how I got into this whole meteorology stuff and why I storm chase. Uh, and I will say it is pretty cool. Like now, it still kind of intrigues me that we're inside of a cloud whenever we're in fog. It still does. I remember seeing fog the other day. I, got, I actually got genuinely excited. Uh, man, I am such a dork. I, I understand that I'm a dork and you can come after me for this. I am not afraid of the fact that I'm a dork. Don't mind my Jim Gaffigan poster, my rock posters, my Tornado Alley posters. Uh, let's see, my Minecraft posters, uh, my guitars, my marching band stuff, my Pokemon figures, my minion figures. The list goes on and on and on. I am a dork and I don't care. <laughs> I'm wearing a NASA sweatshirt right now, actually. Like, I don't care that I'm a dork. Uh, <coughs> anyway, uh, and one more question is how would I get into storm chasing? Personally, 
Do your research. Just do it. Like, you need to do your research. I highly suggest, if you're old enough, I think you have to be either 13 or 15, I'm not too sure, take a Skywarn Observer Seminar. Take it. Because it will teach you everything you need to know about it. And then after that, inform yourself on, like, how do I read GFS models? How do I read models uh, numerically? How do I read radar? How do I understand that? Uh, how do I convert knots to miles per hour or kilometers to miles per hour and vice versa and stuff like that? Uh, how do I know how much rain is too much rain? How do I know uh, what is hail and what is not hail? Uh do your entire research about like every little aspect you can and also always come in with plan a through z then you go back to plan a2 if z doesn't work you need to have so many plans ready because there are so many possibilities and you want to be ready as as much readiness as possible is the goal is the key and that can ultimately ultimately be the difference between coming out alive or not uh obviously if you're gonna go storm chasing just please be safe about it and don't be an idiot like i used to be like don't be an idiot about it just be safe <laughs> please i beg of you <laughs> uh all right and i guess this is where i am going to uh end the podcast uh this is just again a pilot episode i have no idea what it's going to be uh if you know me personally or follow me on instagram uh, please don't be afraid to DM me any ideas for what I could talk about next podcast. It's just general life podcast. Uh, I could talk about, I don't know, like working out. I could talk about sports. I could talk about freaking food. I could talk about music, just anything, just as long as it's not political, I would definitely be willing into looking at, into it and talking about it. If you have an interesting topic that you are passionate about that you would like to talk about, let me know. And if you would possibly want to maybe shoot a podcast with me, let me know. Uh, and if you have any ideas, let me know. This is just a pilot episode. Uh, but anyway, I have been Lucas Adorovich, and I am signing out for now. Peace out. And you have been listening to Let's Chat Life.